Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 213 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your friendly host, Pete DeMeo, and today we've got a big show where we're going to learn and find out all about the secrets of vacation rental success and how hoteliers, just like us, can use those secrets to revolutionize our marketing. But here's the thing. Everyone here at Travel Boom doesn't know any, any of those secrets, so I had to bring in some, some heavy hitters, and that's why I have two esteemed veterans of the vacation rental world with me. So they've got more than 35 years of combined experience together. So let's give a warm, warm travel boom welcome to the real woman of vacation rentals, Alex and Annie. Hi. Hey, Pete. Thank yeah, you for having you. us. Absolutely. I'm super excited to have you guys on the we show. We are too. Yeah, we're super excited to be here. Big fans of the show. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I've, I've been catching up on your show and it's it's coming right along. It's it's, uh, I think you guys are at what, episode 13 now? What are you at? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 13. Yeah. We've recorded way more than 13, but, but yeah, we're at 13. Hey, you know what, though? If once you get past uh, unlucky 13, it all becomes easier and easier. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say that this was a, a model of success <laughs> that we would like to achieve. Well, <laughs> Your podcast is exceptional, well, and I've listened to it for, many years now and and uh i hope someday we can become as big as you guys are well, I, I appreciate you saying that it's, it's definitely a model but i wouldn't necessarily consider it a model that you'd want to follow it's a, <laughs> it's a but but we have learned a lot and uh made a lot of mistakes over the past 212 episodes so i'm, I'm hoping yeah. 213 is gonna be the perfect episode wow, is that what this yeah. is is that what this one is oh. this is 213 yeah <laughs> oh wow okay so we're on 13 yeah two, on 13 as well so we got so. 200 to catch up but, alex wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping this is going to be like the perfect cheer on Saturday Night Live, where we finally <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. love it. <laughs> well, cool. So I, I tell you what, before we really dive in, uh, you know, I, I know you guys very well. I enjoy the podcast, but if you don't mind, share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and and why we should care about the secrets that you possess. Alex, you want to go first? Oh, <laughs> Annie, want to go first? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm Annie Holcomb and I have been in the business. So I kind of uh, take up the vast majority of those 35 years on some levels. Um, I've been doing vacation rentals since the late 90s. I was started out in hotels, worked front desk, worked sales, worked marketing, um, group sales, and had worked for a company in the panhandle that um, owned a lot of hotels in the market, and they decided they wanted to tear them down and build condominiums. And so all of a sudden, we were we went from being the largest hotelier in the market to being the largest developer of condos in the market um, as one company. There were other companies building. There was Sterling Resorts, Resort Quest, other companies that were in the market. So uh, over the, the short period that we were tearing down buildings and building new buildings, we were also deciding that we needed to be heavy into vacation rentals and learn as much as we can. I took on a business development role started negotiating with developers as they were building buildings for us to manage the condo association, manage the front desk, lease the front desk, and then in turn working with owners to get them on the rental plan. So we had about 3,000 units under HOA management and a little under 2,000, I want to say 1,800, 15 to 1,800 that were on rental um, in our heyday. And then obviously the market kind of crashed. And at that point, I ended up starting a management company with my husband and two other people that I worked with, did very well, um, and then left that and decided that all of my griping at the OTAs about how they didn't know anything about the industry um, was going to be my next adventure to educate them about what they didn't know about the industry. So 
set foot into Expedia, worked for them in the market management role for two years, uh, Gulf Shores to Panama City Beach market, then moved into a key account role, did global accounts, worked with some of the larger timeshare and vacation rental companies. Wyndham is one of the larger ones, as an example, Diamond Resorts, Westgate. So did that. And then I left after about four and a half years and moved into the channel management space. And that's where I've been um, with Lexicon Travel. And we're doing channel management and specialize in um, condo style properties. But we do work with vacation rentals all over the world. Wow, that is <laughs> quite the resume. So I feel like I'm going to have to try to keep up, but yeah, you've definitely seen the the vacation rental space evolve. Yeah, and it finally it took yeah, and it amount. took me a while to understand that all those little pieces are what make me value to the industry. Is that I I can empathize with each piece of it and understand it and go into a conversation with a property manager or with an OTA with the understanding of like I've been in your shoes before, truthfully been in your shoes before, so I know the challenges that everybody faces. And then I'm just always trying to better myself and learn more about how I can better each piece of the segment. And, and that's actually how I met Alex was uh, through some conferences in the industry. And so we met about five years ago and um, she's a, she's like one of the greatest assets I think we have in the industry. And so it's her turn to tell you about herself. So I'm Alex Husner. Uh, I'm with Condo World, which is a vacation rental business. And we are located in North Myrtle Beach, just right up the street from Pete, actually. And we, we manage approximately 500 units on our rental program here um, in the North Myrtle Beach area. And we've been in business up here since 1985. So we're one of the more legacy vacation rental businesses that we didn't build our business just on Verbo and Airbnb, which that's what a lot of them now are you know, that if you've come into the space post 2008, that's really the only way that you've known to grow a business. Um, but we've been around for quite a while and, um, you know, have built a great history in the market here. And when I was hired in 2008, uh, the core responsibility that I had was to grow Condo World outside of our area. And that's taken some different uh, steps over the years as to how we were going to achieve that. And what we've ended on is that we've built Condo World as essentially its own OTA where we book reservations for other uh, resorts and property management companies in destinations where we don't manage, which is everywhere outside of North Myrtle Beach. Our management portfolio is just limited to this area. So we partner with other like-minded companies that see the value of marketing um, that Condo World does and the vast network that we reach. And that, that started in Myrtle Beach uh, with a group of partner resorts that expanded now to about uh, 18 resorts. And uh, expanded at that point to the Florida Panhandle, down where Annie is, um, Panama City, Destin, 30A, we're in Orlando, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, and now just looking to grow into additional markets. Um, so that's that's been another offshoot of the business. There is another offshoot of the business, which is is gaining steam now too, which is our software. And all of our technology is built in-house. We've got our own proprietary booking engine um, property management system website, and you know we've we've developed this over the years. Our CTO is in-house, and you know built it. It's changed many times over the years, but built it as a core property management system probably about 20 years ago. And then as the years have gone on, we've adapted all the great things that we see from technology out there into it, and it's actually become quite robust. And we actually, we, we specialize in the channel management side, like Annie does in the condo resort style inventory. So both, you know, key level vacation rentals, but also condo resorts um, where it's easier to cluster them together. 
so we, we see a lot of different sides of the industry having those different hats, which makes it super interesting. Interesting. When I get asked to be on panels, it's I'm never you know, usually sure which side they want me to speak to because I can talk about a lot of different things there. But um, it's it's a great position to be in to you know see see those different sides and see the synergies and where you can connect connect the dots both for our company as well as the ones that we work with. Awesome. Yeah, I think I've. Uh... I'm sitting among giants right now, so I definitely appreciate you guys being on. We really, really appreciate it. And I think we have a really cool, cool episode. So kind of give you guys, the the listeners, an idea is this is actually going to be a special two-part episode. So first, I think you guys are going to be sharing the secrets with the Travel Boom team of how vacation, what we can learn from vacation rentals. And then, I guess in a couple of weeks or so, I'll be on the Alex and Annie show and I'll share some of the, the tips and tricks from the hotelier side that will probably benefit some of the vacation rental listeners for your side. But I, I want you guys to know that while you're on the show, you are absolutely honorary members of the Boom Squad. So, you know, join oh, in, chime it. in. Uh, it's been many, many years, many years of coming yeah. <laughs> to be able to say that. Yeah. So. My only yeah, hope so. is that in a couple of weeks or so, I can be an honorary woman of vacation yes, rentals. absolutely. Yeah, so. uh, exactly. Yeah. The, <laughs> you are the real man of vacation <laughs> that's, rentals. That's even better than my <laughs> idea. If you, could, uh, if you could come with a blonde, real man come with a blonde wig and he could join the blonde, mob, the blonde mafia. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's true. Oh, yes. Right. Yep. So, well, I do actually have a pretty awesome blonde wig that my mother-in-law had when she, uh, back in yeah. the 70s. And uh, we have that, that up in the closet. I'll, I'll, I'll toss <laughs> that on. Please do. We have, a, we have a joke every time wow. we have a blonde on. They're another member of the blonde mafia. And it, we're just growing our reach as we expand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> you have to make sure I dig that out then for the next episode. <laughs> well, cool. Well, hey, before we dive into the, the main topic, we got two little pieces of housekeeping. We've got a newsaroo and a 60 Seconds to Success. And Alex, I know I could not have you on this podcast without having a, a news item. Well, you better make this, I mean, this better be the strongest booming re- rendition of the jingle because you know that I love this jingle. I mean, this is, you know, the favorite, my favorite part of the whole show. Okay. I don't think Annie's ever even heard it. So she's probably like, what is, what are you talking about? Okay. So I, I, wonderful I'll song. let you choose a genre <laughs> of the, the, the song then. Me or her? Uh, any, anyone. So Alex, I think we yeah. have to let you choose it because you're the most right. concerning one. <laughs> The genre? Yeah. Oh, I just oh. want the classic. You just want the classic? Just, okay. Just, yeah, just the, just the way you always sing oh, it. Oh, I like, like hear you sing it. Okay. okay. Hear the excitement. Okay. Well, here it is. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for Alex and Annie's news ruse Yay, I love it. You submitted for a <laughs> Grammy. Well... <laughs> I think that was so good I they just gave it to you. I don't think I've had to submit anything. <laughs> it's me, Annie. So the the backstory of that when when Pete started doing it a few years ago, I mean they they got silly with it, and it's just it's funny. But I mean, some people probably have no idea why you're doing it, but I I get it. <laughs> I think it's cute. But um, I saw Pete out at a sushi restaurant probably about a year ago, and I was with one of my girlfriends, and I said, "Oh, you gotta be that's my friend Pete." So I brought him over, and I was like, "You have to sing the jingle." He's like, "Right here in the sushi restaurant." I said, "Yes, yeah. so, of course." So he sang it for the sushi restaurant and everybody else thought it was great too so i, yeah. I think it yeah I an offshoot it. of the business here. and that was in the dark days of covid so that was everyone's first live performance <laughs> so and they were hungry right? exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I, 
I had a low bar, <laughs> low bar for sure. A lot of music took on a whole new meaning. But yeah, so we got uh, one news item on the docket today. And this one came to us in a few different places. Uh, the one that I found it from is actually coming out of the Netherlands. And it's on NL Times. The title is Booking.com Cuts Thousands of Workers. And if we dive into the article, what we find is basically of Booking.com's roughly 67,000 employees, it looks like they're going to be cutting around 3,000 more staff members. And this comes on top of about a 25% cut in the workforce that they did back in August of 2020. Oddly enough, everybody that they're cutting is on the customer service side. Now, I've always been of the assumption that getting rid of all your customer service is not probably the best way to grow a company, but it's an interesting article. I would definitely encourage everyone to check it out. And I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this topic. Where do we start? It's, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know anything about the company that they're, I guess everybody's going to be moving over as a contract employee to this. So I don't know anything about it because it's obviously a company, well, I guess a Dutch company. Um, but the one thing I will say is customer service at OTAs tends to be pretty bad. And it's been even mm-hmm. worse since COVID. And I know from Lexicon perspective, one of the th- our value propositions to our partners is that we are a liaison between the channel and the, you know, and the partner, the, the, the property manager, because it's, it's navigating through it is tough. So we, we spend more time trying to chase down getting a human being to respond to something because they've tried to automate, we've tried to do AI conversations, but when you're trying to clean up a billing or, or clearing up, you know, when you're talking credit card information, you can't talk about that in writing. You know, you have to have a conversation with a human. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they know what they're doing. And, and I will say when I was at Expedia, somebody higher up is always smarter in making those decisions. So can't second guess them, but it, it is kind of concerning that they would be cutting customer service. Yeah, it's just, it's surprising to me too, because I mean, as much as, I mean, yes, obviously online bookings are massive for vacation rentals and hotels, but at the same time, there is still a large majority of people that want to pick up the phone and want to call. And if booking.com is trying to go more heavily into vacation rentals, which that's always been, you know, a a core objective for them. I feel like that's, that's, this is not the best move there because I know for our business specifically, I mean, we, we still get a lot of business of people that want to call and and ask a lot of questions. And I don't, maybe with hotels, it's not as necessary to have that, but if they're trying to grow on the, what they call alternative accommodation side, I think you have to have that. But, and you know, if, if they're going to make those massive cuts, I'd love to see what they're going to do from a technology standpoint, you know, to offset that. I mean, there, there's gotta be some better products that they are going to have coming down the line to you know help guests with some of these concerns or issues that they might have. Well, I tell you what, just scares the heck out of me is I'm not worried about booking on booking.com. I typically don't book on OTA. I'll book direct. But when I do, that's easy. I feel like the OTAs have figured out a the least friction possible to get someone through the process from A to B. What scares me is when flight delays happen. There's a problem with my property. All the Mm -hmm. people that are going to make me feel better about booking are no longer there now. So when I'm looking at deciding between booking on OTA or booking direct or VRBO or yeah. Condo World or whomever, knowing that there's somebody there if I need them is actually far more important to me than knowing that there's somebody there when I'm trying to make the booking to start yeah. with. Yeah, absolutely. I just I booked a reservation on Spirit this past summer that um, ended up 
I canceled the flight and rebooked on Delta because at the time they were having just terrible issues at Myrtle Beach Airport with Spirit that they had um, just, I guess, not enough people to work and they were canceling all these flights. So rebooked on Delta, but had a credit that I had to use, use before the end of the year. So unfortunately I waited until the last minute, but still two days before the end of the year and went to book, could not book it, tried to call, tried to email, tried to chat. I've literally tried to get in touch with Spirit for probably two, three weeks now, and I can't get in touch with anybody. And I guess the, the only thing I can do is I can go to the airport, but I don't want to have to do that. And yeah. it's just, it's crazy to think that if you have, I mean, I, I, they have a thousand dollars of my money, you know, I'm saying I want that back, but it's, it's unbelievable that- Wait, Spirit, uh, Spirit has a thousand dollars? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's my, it's my own call, right? How many bags, <laughs> how many bags were you checking really? or where were you flying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so bad though, because it's like, it, it lures you in and you think, okay, well, it's, you're saying saving what you assume to be hundreds of dollars, but really I'm out a thousand dollars. So that's a terrible choice, but hopefully next time I remember, but I feel like that's going to end up happening, happening with booking that if people have one bad experience now, it's like, okay, I am no longer going to subject myself to that anymore. I don't want to ruin my vacation. And it's just, it's too much to, to gamble. I mean, people's mm-hmm. vacation is an emotional purchase and an expensive yeah, purchase. So. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there is it's, it is the most important thing that a lot of people look forward yeah. to in the entire yeah. year. I mean, it's what they talk to their family about. It's what they post on social media. Yeah. If you destroy that relationship, I mean, that that's big. I think that's something that could really come back to bite them unless they have a great outsourcing plan, which it sounds like they're working on, or they have an AI and admin system that's going to alleviate those concerns. Yeah. I, I, I have friends yeah. that work at a lot of different OTAs and, and so this conversation comes up a lot about the automation and the friction points that when they go meet with partners and they're like, well, I can't get a human being on the phone. You know, it's like, I know this is where the industry is going is trying to automate as much as you can. But again, it, this is such a, a big experience and big expense. People want that assurance that they're going to be able to talk to a human I, I, I don't know where it goes. You know, again, I, I'm sure that they have a plan that's in place. But another thing that I would say is that I feel on some levels, because booking is in another, they're in another country. I mean, completely like away from how U.S. mindset is. And that's one thing that their employees that I've, I know will say is, well, people in Amsterdam don't understand how people in Alabama you know, function or the people in Florida, it's just, it's a different Mm -hmm. world over here. And I think you have to have kind of business models that suit sort of the super regions that you're operating and you can't make, you can't make it one size fits all. And so us based people are very, they want that touch point with a human being. So I don't know if this is good or bad for them. I guess the only time will tell, but we shall see. Perfect. Thank you for the insights. This is good stuff. All right, so we're going to jump over to the next segment of the show before we get into the big stuff, and that is 60 Seconds to Success. So Alex and Annie is going to put you guys in the hot seat on this one. So 60 Seconds to Success, for those just joining us, is where if you are in an elevator for just a minute and you have one minute to give somebody a great tip or trick to help them become better hoteliers or vacation rental managers, what would you say to them? So I have my handy dandy clock over here and I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and you guys have to give me a tip that's just going to rock my world. And if you don't, you hear a mean, angry buzzer. Oh boy. Are you guys ready? Yeah, we're going to have to think of something that you have to do on our show, Pete, (laughs) to get back at you for this one. Okay, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start the timer now. Okay, so one tip that we would like to give the audience is that 
you need to diversify your distribution with niche marketing channels. And the reason why that is so important is because it's great to be on the big channels, but where you can really gain market share and get ahead and also have an advantage if you build close relationships with those channels is on those niche channels. You are exposed to a new audience that your competitors probably aren't on. And that can make major gains in your yeah, audience. And, and on that note, I think that you not only diversifying your channels, but diversifying how you're yielding channels. You're going to yield channels just like you yield rates. So you're going to sometimes you're going to have a channel that, again, is a niche channel that's going to draw in someone that's a winter guest, typically, or a channel that's going to draw in someone that's coming in just for the weekday stays, your business travel channel, you know, tra travel type channels. I think that you have to be aware of all the different channels that are out there and make sure that you're pulling those levers at the right time for the right guest at the right rate. Wow. Oh, right on the, ooh, we made it. <laughs> I was waiting for that. That was incredibly impressive. <laughs> I'm never able to do that. And, and Alex, you handed over Annie at exactly 30 oh. seconds. Hey, we're, wow. we're very in tune. Yeah, so I, I, I shouldn't have told you guys what the plan was here because you guys no, had No, we didn't even talk about it, much. really. Yeah, no, like we literally didn't. Yeah, yeah, this morning, a quick email, and that was it. We were not super planned. But. That's awesome. So that, <laughs> I mean, what a cool, cool idea. I, I love it. So what are some of the examples of a one of those niche type you know, distribution channels that I think people are missing well, out on? I, oh, well, for yeah, I, I know, yeah. I say Condor World. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's one that comes to mind. Uh, but and, and niche in a different respect there that, you know, we are a niche regional player. And I think that's what's important to look at with the niche channels. And, um, you know, you can have regional players that they have a massive reach within that segment of guests that travel there. And that, that's what we are for. Yeah. And I think there's, partners. there's some out there um, like Smiling House and Plum Guide that deal with more upscale accommodation. So if you're looking for, you know, drawing in somebody's upscale um, Marriott's new homes and villas, I think that's somewhat niche in that they're, catering towards someone that would typically go to a Marriott property. Um, another one that's come out and not so much as a niche in, in, in terms of like the type of accommodations, but niche in terms of a booking pattern is Wimstay. Wimstay is looking at travelers that book yeah. 21 days out and just that, that short distance booking window, they're working with that. So there's a lot of them that I think have popped up COVID probably they tried to pop up before COVID, but now they're, they're out in full force. Very cool. That that's a, I, I love it. Yeah, I think those are one of the things that a lot of people forget about. They do the, you know, the big OTAs, and they may do you know a couple of distribution channels, and that's it. Uh, I I found for for a lot of clients looking at those local channels as well. If there is a a portal site for your destination or your area, you know, find out what you can do there because there is a lot of great opportunities, which is typically going to result in not only a new customer that you would have had. But I found more often than not that the smaller the channel, you probably going to see a better return on your ad spend yeah. because mm -hmm. the global competition is just not there. Yeah, right, very exactly. True. So very good. That is a fantastic 60 seconds to success. And I appreciate yeah. you guys sharing it with me. Oh, thank you. So if you guys want, if all the listeners that are podcast listeners want to just keep on listening, that's fantastic. If you're listening on LinkedIn, You've been listening to Alex and Annie of the Alex and Annie podcast give us their their tips and tricks. Go ahead and check them out at alexandanniepodcast.com. Or if you want to keep listening, jump over to travelboommarketing.com and use your thumb and click on episode 213. And you can hear them share some secrets from the vacation rental world that hoteliers can use. But with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into the 
the main topic of the show. So <clears throat> to kind of set this up, uh, Alex and I were talking about how we can kind of work together on different podcast episodes. And Alex, you had a fantastic idea of the, the five vacation rental secrets that can transform hotel marketing. And then I'm going to jump on your podcast and share the five things that vacation rental companies can learn from hotels. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we just we see so many synergies between each of the segment, segments, whether it's vacation rentals, hotels, timeshares. You know, at the end of the day, we're all selling or renting the same thing. It's accommodations that need housekeeping, that need maintenance, and it's just you know, there's there's differences obviously in how you actually get that out to the vacationing public, but there are still a lot of things that could be um, adapted between the models. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about so much on this show specifically about breaking down silos between your operations and your marketing, your revenue management, marketing, and, and every other aspect of the hotel world that we really have never talked about breaking down the silos between the different disciplines in hospitality marketing in general. So I think that's what I'm really most excited about today is not only learning the, the five secrets that you guys are keeping from us, all selfish yeah. and everything, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but also being able to break some silos down. So this is going to be great. So this is a, this awesome. is part one. Part two of the series is going to be over on the Alex and Annie podcast. I uh, don't know the episode yet, but as that's published, we'll, we'll promote that on the site, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and all the cool places that uh, we do so. But to jump everything in, so, so I think we've kind of set the stage pretty well, and you guys have put together five secrets. Let's go ahead and just go run, run through these, one through five, and then you can tell us a little bit about it, and then I can probably... Probably have a whole bunch of questions to ask you guys to to really dig everything out of these secrets that I can get. Sure. Well, to get started, too, one thing I wanted to note, you know, Annie and I being in Myrtle Beach and in Panama City Beach, one thing that is similar too about what we do, we both work in destinations that are very condo resort heavy, which a lot of those condo resorts operate essentially as hotels, but they are owned vacation rentals really by um, you know, private owners there. So seeing that, you know, that's where we really start to see, okay, there are a lot of things that are similar across, across the aisle there. Um, but sometimes it's software that gets in the way and how things are, are done differently. But we've got a list of five things that we think uh, could help hotels. So then should I get started? Should I jump in? Let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so number one, uh, the number one thing that we believe hotels can learn from vacation rentals is to learn to sell the experience, not just the room. And I know Pete, you, you guys talk about this sometimes. I think in, it might have been your last episode about pictures that you said, you know, people, I know it's a, a shock, but people don't come to the destination just to sleep in the hotel room. <laughs> right. But to share that experience, I think there's there's just a lot more content that can be on vacation rental sites that is kind of lacking. And I think vacation rentals have done a, a really good job um, in truly selling that experience of that whole home experience. And okay, I know a hotel room can't be a whole home, but one thing that I know when I'm booking hotels and and just you know put it out there, when I travel, I book mostly hotels. I actually don't really stay in vacation rentals, believe it or not. And that's just, I don't have kids. So you know, if my husband and I go somewhere, I normally book a hotel, but I'm always surprised whether it's an independent or a flag property to see that the accommodation section where you know I'm still excited to look where I'm gonna stay for my trip and I still wanna have that same excitement. I'll see a picture. The only picture is of like the bathroom or just the bed. Like I want to see most of these properties, there are suites, there's a living room, but there, you would have no idea because there's literally one picture either on the site or when you get into the booking engine. So 
I think that hotels can do, for the most part, a better job in doing the 3D tours, the high definition photos, video walkthrough, any of those things. It just, it builds the excitement for that person to go yeah. and stay there. That's so true. And that's one of the things I think on the hotel side that we constantly fall down on because mm-hmm. you know, we're so worried about the, you know, all the aspects of running the property that we forget that the person's not actually even coming to see our property. If it's Panama, yeah. if it's Panama city, if it's Myrtle beach, if it's Yosemite or wherever you might be going, you're going for the experience of that destination, except for unless obviously it's, you know, groups and meetings, or if it's something unique business travel, that's a little bit different, but in general, you're going for everything other yeah. than that hotel room. So right. yeah. we really need to do a better job focusing on that, on the area, on the amenities at the property and just make people excited about vacation. I mean, like you said before, is that's the best part of someone's year is vacation. So let's make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, share that through your email marketing, through your social media, what's going on in the area, you know, different news events. And really, I mean, that content helps you really build a very, uh, you know, a, a deep marketing funnel. I mean, if you have that content about things going on in the area and you can start infusing that, it makes your whole marketing strategy less transactional and more personal. Yeah, and I think that I'm just kind of speaking on how people are doing on their distribution side of things with their photos and their content is change it up. You know, and and I deal with this all the time with people that are in ski markets and it always amazes me that they'll keep the ski pictures up for the the booking window of summer. People, the, the ski markets are absolutely beautiful in the summer. Show what it looks like when there's not six feet of snow on the ground. Because people want to, and I, I think that people saw right. that more, you know, people, when they go, they're always surprised. Like, I had no idea about the wildflowers and just all the biking trails and, you know, all the fishing, fishing that you can do. They just don't know that until they either dig deeper after they booked something or, you know, they had been there before. But you need to change up your photos. You need to change up your content. You know, you need to make sure that you're always refreshing that content. And I think a lot of hotels kind of get in the pattern almost like they do with yield management. It's set it and forget it. You put it out there it's out there people can find you and as long as they find you and you're getting clicks that's all you're concerned about so true particularly on the hotel on the mountainside i love mountain biking i've you know broken collarbones and ribs and concussions and have all the fun stuff that goes along with mountain biking but when i go to a mountain destination in the summertime that's literally the right. first thing i'm looking for is you know one do they have you know bike rentals because i don't want to travel with mine and, and two is like what's available on that mountain the other six months of the year where skiing is not an option. Maybe they need to show up. I was just about to say that. I was like, your wife probably wants to know where the hospital is. Is there medical facilities? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, you know, if your market, if your market is, is different, I mean, uh, you know, New Orleans is a great example of like an urban market. You know, everybody knows Mardi Gras happens, but I think people want to know what it's going to look like right around their hotel when Mardi Gras happens. Like the decor is amazing. Show it off. Let people know mm-hmm. that just because yep. they're not on Bourbon Street, that they still can experience all this and give them an idea of, you know, a little bit of the chaos that they're going to see maybe. But um, just the d- decor on the homes yeah. that people do down there is absolutely fascinating. There's so much within these markets. Uh, I think vacation rentals do a much better job trying to show the destination than hotels actually do. Hotels try mm-hmm. to keep everything to themselves, and they're afraid if I show – an attraction that maybe this attraction is owned by somebody who owns a competitor hotel or whatever, that they're not all sharing in the, in, you know, the success of the market. Yeah. And we get pushback a lot from hoteliers, particularly on the SEO side, where we're building content out. 
a good example of this is, you know, we helped build, write an article about, you know, top things to do in Myrtle Beach for New Year's. And in this case, the, the client was incredibly happy to have us build that content out for them. But over the course of, we wrote it one year, the next year, that was the number one listing and it had a featured snippet for Myrtle Beach New Year's Eve. And, and that's the kind of thing that it's not about the property. The goal of that content was not necessarily get the person to stay at the property. It was to sell the destination and put that property in that person's yeah. decision set for when they do want yeah. to travel. And it's right. such an effective strategy that you know hotels kind of have to get outside of their lobby and look around and see what people actually really care about. That's such a good way to, to say it, get outside of the lobby. <laughs> but I mean, truly, you know, and it, it makes you, it makes you become an expert in the eyes of your guests. You know, I mean, we at Condor World, my gosh, we, at one point we were writing five blog posts a week and we're not quite as heavy on that now, but trying to ramp back up on it because it it's, it's hard to maintain that level of content, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, you just, your, your reach becomes exponentially wider that you're not going to see a conversion on every single article you write about that, but it does, it all builds together. It really does. So that's awesome. That's a already, I've heard one secret that is helping, <laughs> but you guys brought four more. So what's the next one? Yeah. So, um, number two, and we kind of touched on it in our little 60 seconds was just expand your distribution. You need to fish where the fish are. So, um, one of the big things is, you know, Airbnb. There, everybody knows it. Every everybody, it's a name that's in everybody's language at this point, and and to the point that on our side we hate it because vacation rentals have become Airbnb. So we're trying to change that. But the, hotels, if you have suites, and and I have accounts at Lexicon that actually have hotel rooms or studios. That's what we call them on Airbnb. Um, so use use the channels where the people are shopping. The hotels have lost some footing to vacation rentals. So why not put your listings? Of hotels on a vacation rental site. That way you're getting the eyeballs. Um, Expedia does that really well, cross-pollinating their VRBO listings to their Expedia group brands, Travelocity and Orbitz and, and Expedia. So I think that it's it's incumbent upon everybody in the hotel business to take a note from the vacation rental side, be out there in as many places as you can be. And it doesn't have to be a hotel site. People are looking for vacation rentals. Alex may look on a vacation rental site, but as she said, she doesn't look for a vacation rental specifically, if there happens to be a hotel on the site, she'd probably book it if it was, you know, within her price range or near the spa. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I still don't think that anybody has yet to build the OTA that does a great job on both sides of doing hotel yeah. and vacation rental inventory. I mean, Expedia would be probably the number one uh, booking.com right behind there, but it's neither really do it well. And I think Annie, we've had several conversations about this from your experience at Expedia when they asked you to tell them that, what was it, the 200 things they don't know about yeah. vacation rentals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least they were open to your feedback. And I think, you know, they certainly yeah. understood it, but... No. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, you're absolutely right. So there's opportunity out there. Um, but I would also say people need to engage with their channel partners to try to make those changes. But I mean, to that, it just, there's, there's so many opportunities that, to be out there distributed you know, just cast a wide net. That's just the best advice I think I could give anybody. I love it. Yeah. So, so where does that put a, a vacation? I mean, obviously from, from your perspective where you're trying to sell a more traditional vacation rental product, what's your perception when you see, you know, days in has a standard 
you know, exterior entrance, hotel room listed. It, does that become noise and make your job that much more difficult? On, an, on Airbnb or just on a... Or Airbnb or any of those yeah. non-traditional distribution channels for hotels. Yeah. I don't think it works. It doesn't work for all hotels. Yeah. Like I think if it's a traditional one shotgun style bedroom in a day's end, I don't know that that makes sense to put on those channels. But for a lot of properties that call themselves hotels that they have a little bit larger suites, I think it can completely work. Um, but it not for everybody, but I think definitely for the ones that have a little bit larger style accommodations... Yeah, so I know somebody that has a hotel that they're managing in Portland, um, Oregon, and it is a, ho- it was, I'm guessing it was probably when it was originally built, it was probably like a, a days in or a motel six or something, an exterior corridor hotel, but they gutted it, renovated all the rooms and it's their standard hotel rooms, but each room is themed and it's named. And okay. so they can, they can operate in both spaces. And I think the brand and hotels are not going to be able to have the, the flexibility because the brand guidelines are going to dictate what they're allowed to do. Hmm. Um, but independent hotels, there's a new, another one actually. We, at Lexicon, we specialize in the condo or the hotel style um, properties, things that can be listed like hotels because they do better on the traditional OTAs. But um, we have a, a client in Branson, Missouri that just picked up a historic hotel there. But again, all the ho- all the rooms in the hotel are themed, named, at, you know, and have different decor, so we can showcase them and highlight them as a different room. So, from the perspective of a vacation rental site, they're unique; they have a name. So you can do it. You just have to be a little more creative and think outside the box. That's a good point. Yeah, thinking about it in terms of you know booking a specific room versus just a room type, which is what a lot of right. the bigger hotels. I think have. that's probably one of the main concerns that a hotel would have is that well, I don't, I can't change my complete business model. That on my website, I book it as a, a one or a two bedroom. I don't want to say that it's room one hundred and one. Well, you don't have to do that if you work with channel managers like a Lexicon or a Condo World that really specialize in bridging both sides of the aisles there. So. That's a different yeah, part of it. Too. Absolutely. Nice. Very cool. That's that's another good one as well. And a little little shameless plug for Lexicon and Condo World. So if yeah. if you want to be on the, all these platforms, you gotta talk to them. It is not shameless. Yeah. We have no shame. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, you're sharing all these excellent secrets with us. I can I can see that. <laughs> awesome. So uh, what's number three here? Okay, number three, simplify the online booking process. And you know, this is one thing that just drives me nuts when I go to book a hotel. That I, there's this beautiful website with you know, on the homepage that there's great images and video, and then I get into the booking process, and it's almost like I've been warped into a different time zone, and it doesn't look the same. It's on a different URL, sometimes or a domain, sometimes depending on my uh, browser settings, sometimes it won't even open, and it's just such a, a friction point uh, in the booking process that, you know, I think that's gotten better over the years, but at the same time, I still find that quite a bit when I travel and not just on independence, uh, it's on flag properties too. And I feel like the flags should certainly, you know, be able to get their technology in line that that's something that they offer their franchisees as a, a more streamlined process there. But, and I know Pete, you guys have done extensive um, content on that subject, but I, I think it's really important to keep that in mind. I mean, you really, you really want your website and booking engine to have a similar consistency look and feel. And uh, to be honest, I, mean, I think that's been one thing that has differentiated Condo World over our competitors, because since we have built our own proprietary website and our own proprietary booking engine, 
for our North Myrtle Beach properties, it is 100% seamless. There's no difference throughout the site and it's super fast because it's all coming from one place. But um, that's, that is a, can be a game changer in conversion. Well, I'll say this. I, and I got to disagree with you on one thing. I don't think this should be considered a secret because we all know that our booking engines suck. <laughs> and it's something that a lot of hoteliers kind of sweep under the rug because it's difficult to find a booking engine that works with your PMS. And if it doesn't, yeah. having to switch your PMS to a whole nother yeah. platform, it can be a daunting process. Yeah. And, yeah. Kind of, you know, Melissa, who used to be on the podcast, would always say, you know, don't use a booking engine that sucks because it yeah, completely yeah. kills your conversion rate. One of the yeah. things that I, we typically do as part of our analytics process is we look at a site's overall conversion rate. We look at the conversion rate from the site to the booking engine. And then lastly, we look at the conversion rate from the booking engine through to the booking. And you can yeah. always see who's got that booking engine that sucks because yeah, you're yeah. doing a great job driving all the traffic in the world to it, but you send them to a black hole that doesn't actually convert. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting when you go to vacation rental to our trade shows, you don't have anybody there that is a booking engine company. And it's very different than hotels, right? I mean, the companies that come to our shows, they are the PMS that has a booking engine built in. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, that's not that it's a secret, but I think that has been kind of a quasi secret to vacation rental success and, and online conversion is that that's how we've been built in technology over the past decade is just different than how hotel tech has done it. And I, I think the, the PMS hotel systems have not, um, they've, they've, they've not kept up with the technology quite as well. And I, I don't know that all the online booking options really have either, but it's like, it's two different systems talking that they're not speaking the same language. True, true, true. It, 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 I think it goes back to the, the age of the market, right? I mean, hoteliers are dealing with an aging tech stack that worked when it was first put in place. And right. on the vacation rental side, particularly, I know, Alex, with your perspective, you began developing that technology when you already understood the integrations that are going to need to take place and how customers are going right. to need to expect that Amazon Prime type shopping experience for vacation yeah. rentals. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately that just helps you build your own book direct strategy, you know, to be much a much larger portion of your business versus sending, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 percent of that to the OTAs. And, you know, we, we still for opposite reasons the vacation rentals, we still hear from some vacation rental businesses that their OTA business is, you know, 70, 80 percent. That's just absolutely crazy. And it's like, OK, you have a you have a nice website, you have a nice booking engine and you're not taking it. You're not taking advantage of it. You really need to be pushing more of your direct business there and remarketing and other things. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people always think of it as being a very expensive process. But I mean, what you just said was if you have 70% of your bookings coming from an OTA and you're spending upwards of 20% for every one of those bookings and you don't even get their email address or their name or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot more money being spent than I think a typical hotelier realizes because yeah. they don't have their eye on the the booking engine and shopping process. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think that's one thing that, totally that that is very apparent even in vacation rentals is that a lot of independents don't know their cost of acquisition. They don't have a hold mm -hmm. on how much it's actually costing them and it may cost them more direct but as they build up that direct base it'll it'll slowly bring that number down. I mean you can you can do some affordable things on on online distribution, but I mean, absolutely. You should be driving the bulk of your business through your website. 
that's just the best and easiest format to convert people. But if your website is clunky and it, it's not intuitive and, and you, you, if you find that a unit's not available and you try to click back and it sends you, you know, back to the first page and you got to start all over again, I mean, it becomes frustrating and then people just leave and they don't come back. They're never going to book with you in the future. That is the truth. And, and you know, they may actually book at your property, but you're going to be paying right. one mm-hmm. to get them to your property to start the, your website. And then you got to pay again to get them back from the OTAs yep. when they realize that your process failed the user and they had to go somewhere else. Yep. yep. And I think you guys did an episode where you had your website act like your call center. And um, that was, yeah. that was absolutely the most delightful podcast episode I've ever listened to. It is the best episode. But it's, I so think funny. everybody should listen to it because while it's humorous, it's, yeah. it's absolutely true. Absolutely. Oh, I, I need to bring that one back and say if uh, if your call center acted like your booking engine, maybe we'll just narrow it, it down was a little so, bit. It was so yeah, spot on. Awesome. Thank you. So, well, perfect. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into the, the fourth super secret of the vacation rental world. So I don't know that this is actually a super secret anymore, <laughs> um, but it is one that I think vacation rentals have been doing better for a long time, but it's just the contactless check-in. Um, COVID did drive hotels to go more to this. And I think brands have adopted it quicker and and easier because they haven't, they already had apps. They already had things that they could do this with. Um, But people want that. And they, they know that they're not going to be able to check in at the small window of time that maybe the front desk is, is in operation. So it it could cut your cost by having an app where somebody could just get a code and go to their door and, and check in and be seamless like that. There's a lot of really great apps out there. Um, Operto is one on our side. I think that they do hotels as well um, that does uh, keyless, helps with keyless check-in. But, you know, the first thing people will say is, well, I need to see the guest. I need to make sure that they're on the up and up, that they're, you know, not a criminal that's coming in to do something nefarious in my hotel room. But there are companies out there that will vet your guest for you. And that's a really big thing on the vacation rental side that I think our side of the industry has really um, spent a lot of time and effort in. And there's companies like Superhog, um, trusted auto host. Um, they're ba- uh, auto host based out of Canada, but they they will vet the guests and they just do some biometric research. They kind of make sure that their phone numbers are not burner phones. They make sure that the people actually have social profiles so that they're not just someone who just popped up a social media site to scam you know somebody down the road. And they've uncovered a lot of really um, potentially bad activity for vacation rentals and help them avoid. I think hotels could absolutely adopt that, um, that technology. And all that is done after the booking. So this isn't going to prevent a guest from booking because they have to to jump through all those hoops. Um, But I think, you know, it's, it's been born out of necessity that those companies have become so big in the vacation rental space, because for, if you're a management company in Gatlinburg, you've got, units are homes all over cabins all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you have a centralized office, in most cases, it doesn't make sense to have somebody have to come to your office to check in. Myrtle Beach area is a little bit different. I mean, we're very, um, everything's kind of close together and where we manage. So we still have people come to our office to check in, but we've done something. It's a, a quasi version of a contactless check-in. I don't know that anybody could really replicate it. And it's more of a, a real estate uh, advantage that we have that, during COVID, we started doing a drive-through check-in process because a lot of our properties, actually, we can't put the keyless locks on for HOA reasons. So we did a drive-through check-in process, which has been 
very well received from uh, our, our guests because they literally they pre put in their pre-arrival information before they come. We know how many parking passes, pool bands they need. Literally, they drive up, they tell us their name, we look at their ID and hand them their packet, which is already ready, and they're on their way. Um, so we're kind of in the middle between the true vacation rental companies that are completely contactless, that it is all just done remotely. We're kind of in the middle there. And then on the other end, the properties where you still have to go and actually check in in the lobby. And I, I just I feel like that's it, it, it's going to continue to get less and less that way. I'm going to Vegas next week, and I'm really excited to see if that has improved at all, because I would say that anywhere in Vegas, no matter what hotel, the check-in process is always the worst out there. <laughs> the lines are just unbelievable. But uh, I, maybe they've improved because of COVID. I don't know. But th there's definitely room for improvement yeah. no matter what on all types well, of industry. Well, that also leads me to, to my point on the whole thing is, <clears throat> you know, hoteliers are a lot of times are working from a dated mentality of, I want this person at the front desk so I can welcome them. But if you look mm -hmm. at the data and you look at customer satisfaction surveys, the highlight of that person's vacation is not being able to stand at the front desk and wait for someone to key something in. That's usually yeah. the lowest point. And unfortunately, that's the point where they probably just got done flying. They've probably just got done driving. They have hungry kids. They're tired. Mm -hmm. And all they want to do is get to their room. And instead yep. of it being a positive welcoming experience, hey, let me get you right to your room. Do you need a, you know, any assistance? It's no stand here. Let me scan your credit card. Let me do all this crap that could be done in advance. Yeah. And if the person wants to go right to their room and just use a keyless entry, hey, go for it. But use your staff to create positive relationships with your guest versus forcing them through a dated check-in process that, is really not needed by any stretch. We don't rental cars don't even yeah. have that process anymore. You just go to the rental yeah. car. Yeah. I mean, if they can yeah. do it, how come we can't? Yeah. Which is it's so funny to me that we're yeah. talking about this because it's like we're in hospitality. And the whole thing about being mm -hmm. in hospitality is being hospitable and being gracious to people within their face, not via technology. So I think you have to mm -hmm. find a balance in the in the two of them. And I know having worked at hotels. I, you to your point about the people when they show up and the mindset that they're in, we trained our front desk staff at a hotel that I worked at with the mindset of like every guest potentially has spent eight hours in a car with two kids screaming, are we there yet? And their mm -hmm. wife is mad or worse, they drove eight hours and they didn't have a reservation. So they're about to walk in this lobby, assuming that they can get a reservation and you're going to be dealing with their anger <laughs> that they didn't book a reservation, yeah. you know, so you're going to have to deal yeah. with all of these things. And again, if they had made the, maybe the booking process easier through a mobile app, they could have gotten the reservation and yeah. be happy, but there's so many schools of thought on it. Um, but I, I do think again, vacation rentals have figured out how to seamlessly check somebody in without actually being face to face with them, but then going the extra mile to do little, little extras. Um, there was a, there was a group that was at, um, I think it was at the women's conference, Alex, they were talking about, it was almost like the surprise and delight that you learn in the hotel business, but they would talk to a guest when they booked their reservation, find out if they were coming in for any special occasion. And, you know, knowing that they would never see this guest, but they just, just listening to the conversation and finding out, oh, it might be grandma's last trip. It might be a baby's first trip. It might be a birthday, an anniversary, you know, things like that where they could, the, the reservationist or the staff member was encouraged to go put something in the unit, have a card in there welcoming the, them. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to see the person to be hospitable. You can, you can do little touches in the unit. And I think hotels don't do enough of that, um, you know, to, to make up for what maybe yeah. their fear of doing this uh, not face-to-face check-in is. Yeah, so true. I agree. And I think 
that's, that's where hotels have a major advantage over vacation rentals because it's much easier to right. do those little things because you're in the building, same right. building. <laughs> so for vacation rentals, it is definitely a complicated nightmare to drive all around town to you know, bring a fruit ba- basket to a house that's mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 minutes from here. So if it's, if it's on property, I say, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Love it. So, well, perfect. That's, that's four. I think we have one more super secret for the vacation rentals world. Okay. So number five, this, and this isn't, again, not exactly a secret, but this is tips that we would recommend because coming from myself, you know, knowing that I book a lot of hotels, I would say, focus on what it means to stay at a hotel. <laughs> there are a lot of really great things about staying at a hotel. And sometimes I, I don't think that the hotels can are communicating them as well as they should, because not everybody wants to have a full kitchen. I mean, that was, that was one thing that we learned um, in a study that we did with um, our customer list a few years ago. You know, we were, had been sending out um, emails that had a lot of pictures of kitchens on it. And the focus group told us that the moms don't want to see the kitchen. <laughs> so, which, you know, I mean, some do because I mean, you know that you're going to save money that way, but for a lot of people that if that's not why they're coming, they might need a larger condo, but they want to go out and eat all the time. Seeing the kitchen was not, that didn't need to be there. But as far as hotels, I mean, I want to see the onside dining, the pools, the spas, and those are all things that vacation, vacation rentals typically can't offer. So, I mean, show, show the different things that make that a true experience. Um, I think location is super important for hotels, you know, easy access to get, uh, to the airport, easy access to Ubers and airport shuttles. That's something that can definitely be, uh, difficult for a vacation rental. You know, if you, if you're somebody that wants to travel and not bring a car, if you're at a cabin in the woods, you know, you can't get anywhere. You're gonna have to take an Uber everywhere you go or get a rental car. If you stay at a hotel, that simplifies things greatly. And that's part of why I choose hotels a lot of times. Yeah, that's um, that's a good it, point. I think a lot of times people forget, at least hoteliers, that there, there's something to be said for somewhat staying in your lane and understanding mm-hmm, yes. the the evolution of hotels and why people like them. It's great to yeah. emulate vacation rentals and you know other forms of accommodation. But at the end of the day, don't give up what made you successful in the first place by right. being able to, like you said, have a, have a full service kitchen and to have all this, this stuff that a vacation rental is very effective with. Don't give that up just because that's the new hot trend from a hotelier's perspective. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing that I think people can do in, for hoteliers, and I find it's more with the independent hotels that don't have the larger facilities, they don't, maybe don't have fitness centers or the big pool or whatever is, is again, vacation rentals have done a good job about being creative to partner with outside vendors or outside attractions to create a, an experience, not necessarily at the hotel, but when you go through the process that if we don't have a pool, we can showcase a pool that you can use or the fitness center down the road, the gold's gym, the, the planet fitness, whatever it is that they're using that as their own amenity. And, and, and the, the vacation rental industry does a really good job about partnering with complementary businesses in their markets to make sure that they can sell the whole experience of a vacation and not just that rental. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a great point. I think we all can kind of, you know, take that one to heart and make sure we're doing, doing the right thing for what the people who are actually booking our properties want to see at the property yeah. versus and that varies, else, so. varies by time of year too. I mean, that's, that's, you have to be speaking to the audience that you want when you want it, when they're booking. So you have to have different messages for different markets. Absolutely. Well, those are five just awesome tips. And I, I really appreciate the, the ability to kind of have you guys share them with, with the hotel world. 
uh, it's probably going to really hurt your business, but you did it anyway. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> it's ruined yeah. vacation rentals forever. We're going to be recording this on February 11th and it was the, the darkest day <laughs> for vacation yeah. rentals. Alex Manny, the worst the, women. The day the yeah. vacation <laughs> rental industry died. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So, but no, th- well, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is actually just part one of this two-part uh, co-optive series with the Travel Boom podcast and the Alex and Annie podcast. It, as we kind of get ready for that next episode, where can people find out more about, uh, and Annie, we'll start with you and then jump over to Alex and you guys can tell us a little bit about the Alex and Annie podcast. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way I communicate with people. But if they want to learn more about Lexicon, um, the company that actually pays the bills for me, um, it's lexicontravel.com. Um, again, we're a channel manager uh, specializing in vacation rentals, but um, also bridge the gap with hotels to the OTAs. Um, and then again, um, you can do find us on find me on social um, through Alex and Annie. And um, Alex, I'll let you take the rest of it because you are used to just spilling all the Alex and Annie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the easiest way to look up our podcast is to go to alexandanniepodcast.com. And from there, you can subscribe or listen on any any and every uh, podcast listening service there is out there. But um, on LinkedIn, if you want to connect with me, Alex Husner, H-U-S-N-E-R. And Condo World is just condoworld.com. And we would love to connect with anybody. So appreciate the opportunity to be here and you know, our podcast, if anybody wants to listen to that, we, we talk about kind of a, a wide range of things uh, from some are directly related to vacation rentals. Some are related more to leadership and um, just overall marketing and um, acquisitions, a lot of different topics that are in and around hospitality, but also some broader ones as well. So we'd love to have new listeners. <laughs> and it's a fantastic fantastic show like i said it's way more than vacation rentals it's 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 marketing leadership and so much more so after you've listened to all 213 episodes of the travel boom podcast (laughs) you're allowed to start listening to episode one not before right (laughs) hours. (laughs) no definitely check it out it's phenomenal so yeah uh so yeah so from a travel boom perspective you can find us at travelboommarketing.com you can find me, Pete DeMeo, typically on LinkedIn at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. And if you want to listen to or see the show notes for here, you want links to Lexicon Travel, Wakanda World, and how to connect with Alex and Annie, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 213 for the complete list of all their five secrets, as well as how you can connect with them. But that's where we are for the for the podcast today. We're going to be back next week with another episode. And I do we know we don't know when we're actually recording the the next segment of our series, do we? Yeah, I don't think we yeah. picked a date yet, but once we get it recorded, we're going to get it live here w- within the next few weeks. So it'll be coming w- within no longer than a month from now. <laughs> there you go. So and we'll, we'll be sure to keep you in the in the in the loop so you can let your audience know. Perfect. So hopefully by by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, episode two will be coming out really soon on the Alex and Annie yeah. podcast. So check yeah. us out there. But in the meantime, that's all we have for you today. Good luck hoteling this week, and we'll be back next week. Until then, Travel Boom is out.